This is Airglow, and you're listening to Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade may contain explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Paradise Arcade with Eric and Kyle. Welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. Uh, we are back from a little bit of a break. This week we have a very special guest, the mysterious Airglow. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, um, you know, as we're discussing previously, you know, before we started uh, recording, talking about how I felt dumb um, for not hearing about your music earlier um especially with you know what we were talking about a little bit earlier about the genre called data wave and it's really great that we get to connect at this time because memory bank your album is approaching its 10-year anniversary andrew just did a tape release of the 10-year anniversary edition of that that just went live today as we're speaking and that looked like it went exceedingly well how does that uh-huh. feel coming up on a 10-year anniversary of a, that album? Um, it's uh, real trippy. Um, uh, obviously so, like, grateful, and it's so cool. Um, it's just 10 years is um, a lot's happened, it, it seems like, and it's crazy to look back and uh see what has become you know absolutely i mean when you released it did you was this like a a collection of songs that were put together for an album um did you have an album in mind when you put it together or did it kind of just piece together well i wrote those songs all at around the same time like within the same year um uh that was back whenever soundcloud was uh what soundcloud was like super uh amazing uh i was just at that time really wanting to make music so i just made music and posted it on soundcloud not really planning on putting them necessarily together unless like my friends wanted like a tape or something uh so i I hadn't planned on it uh being a cohesive album so it's it's cohesive in the sense that it is all come together in a similar time frame but not necessarily um thematically conscious like you didn't sit down and go i'm gonna write you know a set of songs that's all gonna tie into a theme and it's gonna express whatever intention is just you're making music right digging it i i I tried to uh place the track listings right and lead them into each other right so it was um i mean i was surprised at how in the end they did come together can we talk a little bit about um you know what what drew you to sit down and make music like how how did memory bank come together what was the the i I guess the point where you're like i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna make music 
Um, <clears throat> well, at that time, I had uh, two other roommates that also made similar music, and we were just all making music in our rooms, and uh, we put together a tape that we gave to a bunch of our friends, and <clears throat> um, that was mostly what the inspiration was outside of the musical inspiration from i mean also like my roommates inspired me to make music because they made really tight music that's awesome was there any particular i mean was there any other musical or movie influences that helped inspire the tracks or was it the collab you know being around other musicians that helped drive you um <clears throat> I mean, there were some sci-fi movies that um, I can't remember to this day what they were. Um, I remember The Keep was one of them. Um, and obviously, at that time, like, Chill Wave had just, like, started, you know? Mm -hmm. That word, Chill Wave. <laughs> um, like, Washed Out and like Neon Indian and obviously Calm Trues. After I heard Indicay, I was like, all right, I kind of want to make something that sounds like this. Did you grow up, you know, uh, being an avid music fan? Did you listen to, you know, like you talk about Chill Wave entering the consciousness around that time. Um, were you listening to other types of music? Because, you, know, you know, obviously like, sort of proto earlier music of like Aphex Twin, like the Warp record folks. Oh yeah, sure. Um, it took me a while to start to enjoy electronic music. Um, I had grown up playing guitar and I was really into uh, like the 60s scene, you know? Yeah. Really loved Bob Dylan in high school. And, um, like, eventually, and, like, I, I ended up going to music school for, like, production, and that was kind of where I started learning how to make a computer an instrument, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then I started understanding, like, oh, okay, I've just been ignorant all these years for, like, thinking that, you know, like... A synthesizer isn't an instrument or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I think, that mindset. And, and, and I don't think it's always malicious. It's that mindset of, like, if you're, like, a guitar purist, you know, if you're doing folk music or rock music or whatever it is, that, you know, you, you tend to be a, a disciple of that thing. And um, when you have a synthesizer, which can be so alien... So, uh, you know, because a guitar sound is a guitar sound, you, know, you yeah. obviously you have different uh, yeah. makes of the instrument and the different wood tones and strings can add different um, sounds. But it's, like you hear guitar, it's always a guitar with a synthesizer. You don't even know what you're hearing sometimes because the, yeah. the sounds are so alien um, and that could be really intimidating and off-putting i guess and and i'm just used to like in my life not necessarily having to apologize or to justify but people are like oh you like electronic music that beep boop stuff yeah 
right? And it's uh, so much more complex and interesting. And once you get into that headspace and start to accept a, a different way of doing things, I think there's there's so much there to explore. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, for me, a lot of it was just um, ignorance. Like, I just yeah. didn't know what it was. Like, um, like, you know, you listen to Dark Side of the Moon and you don't know what a synthesizer is. You just like you accept these sounds as just like sounds. You don't really think about like where sure. they're coming from. Right. And like uh, early eighties movies or eighties movies where the synthesizer is basically almost part of the sound design oh, yeah. of the movie. So you have no idea. You're just like, I it made a sound as either terrifying or it adds to the whatever scene, but you don't necessarily, you couldn't, know that it was made by a synthesizer necessarily yeah and you talked a little bit about um sci-fi movie inspiring you a bit when you were starting to put this together is there anything like did you grow up watching sci-fi or any i mean, I, I find i find your background going into this musically so fascinating i'm just curious what other well the biggest thing I didn't watch a lot of movies. I spent most of my childhood skateboarding. So a lot okay. of skate videos, which led me to like m making music in the first place, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you went to um, school for music production. I imagine that got you into like music editing software and, and things of that nature. Yeah composing like on in logic you know like on a track mm -hmm. kind of basis like um started back whenever I, like i had first started like making music that was really easy to do you know mm -hmm. like compose on like that kind of timeline right it gets harder though <laughs> it, it certainly does uh and that's really it's it's not the first time that I've heard someone say, well, you know, I grew up skateboarding or, you know, whatever. And I've come into, come into this when basically I'm a young adult already in college or whatever it is, and then started to explore these things. Um, you know, you're a bit of an enigma because you, know, you put out, you made these songs, put them together and being compiled, compiled into an album and then kind of disappeared. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about like your intentions um, with the releasing of what ended up being Memory Bank and kind of what happened after that? Um, yeah, sure. I, um, well, like I said, I had no intentions. I didn't intend on this ever really, uh, ever being like released like on vinyl. Like that's the craziest thing, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Like after I put it out, I, I mean, it was a, such an amazing feeling, you know, like kindred spirits, like, like what I do, this feels really good. Um, but, um, I think after that release, I had, I mean, I had a really hard time, uh, writing again. I, I didn't necessarily know where to go from there you know um mm -hmm. and i 
think that if it wasn't for like the quote unquote success, um, I probably would have ended up making a couple more songs, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I think I kind of got a little scared. And okay. I kind of felt like I, I mean, I definitely like put myself in a, in a box because I kind of felt like people wanted me to make this kind of music. So this is who I am now. <laughs> yeah, I, I could totally get how that would be really, you know, um, a difficult position to be in. Because, um, I mean, I'm guessing like you put the album together as sort of just this experiment to just make music to see what maybe you can do and you obviously have some key influences and then it was never really meant to be for consumption almost necessarily yeah well in my mind i was just kind of making it like to exist in the ether just to like get it out out of me you know yeah um, not really expecting anybody else to like necessarily take it in you know mm -hmm. i absolutely get that as just as part of a just a, a being a, a creative person getting something out of your it's like a thought that you can't get rid of. And, you know, like I, I think, you know, I think about my own creativity and whether or not it's like a passing thought or something that I need to sit down with. It's like, you know, if you, if it doesn't go away, you need to excise it in some way, whether it's a thought or a, a song or whatever it is, a feeling, um, so that you can kind of move on. Yeah. And and so, like, you, you do, you put the time in, the energy into this creative endeavor just to just to get it out, just to be done with it so you can, like, move on to other stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of sounds what, like, this project was for you. Yeah. And afterwards, I mean, I uh, released, I still released a few tracks um, on... Mm -hmm. Trevor Court's compilations, yep. in, uh Simulation Sunrise, was like right after Memory Bank. Um, and I always liked that song a lot more than I have liked most of my songs. Um, and I think like there was a honeymoon period after that. And I um, was excited to get back to work and hopefully make something something else um but i didn't want to make something worse so right um there was a lot of pressure that i was kind of putting on myself and and ended up taking uh a lot longer to write just one song you know yeah absolutely if for you does creativity come in like kind of mad bouts where like you you have a, a bunch of creative energy or thoughts and then you're able to focus more or like how does that creativity work for you like i'm curious um well that's one of the hard things about me that i've grown to learn is that um uh, maybe, I, I mean, I, I can be a little impatient, um, and when I'm, like, forcing it, then I'm gonna 
maybe try this idea out for like a second try to write like you know maybe like a chord progression maybe a melody and then try to and then it doesn't work and then i move on to the next one and then that doesn't work you know it was just um i have tons of uh unfinished songs so many of them um and when i was finishing i was uh focused on the end point i was wanting to release it you know as mm-hmm. opposed to uh just sitting in the realm of uh creating forever without really necessarily ever needing to finish or i should say experimenting you know mm-hmm. yeah um i mean that's the that to me that's like what it was all about for me was like experimenting with uh thoughts and emotions you know mm-hmm. and sounds music in some regards um i would almost describe is cinematic and i think and what i mean that is when you sit down and listen to any of those tracks you have an emotional journey that you take with the songs like it takes you in a place through soundscape and you know brings in you know a heightened sense of emotion and then out and i think with electronic music what's difficult and i think a lot of people don't under don't understand with the difference between something that's like really good really good electronic music versus maybe things that are not as good is that that you don't have a vocalist to tie a music or t- a song together right uh, a vocalist singing yeah. words so they're they're eliciting uh, an image with their words that they're using with the lyrics and then with the melodies and how they're singing it and their cadence like uh, the voice is an incredibly complex instrument and could kind of carry songs whereas like when you have no um, vocalist you're the entire song is carried on the music alone right and i think one of the things that that memory bank does really well is that i think there's this emotionality to it um it's not cold it's not lifeless if you will it doesn't right. feel like it's a musical cue or you know a piece of commercial thing it's it it really has a whole each song has its own thing that it's expressing and i think like to me when i was looking going like when did this come out and i'm like holy shit like you know it's very impressive it stands up there in my mind with some of the best musical releases and then just it being so unique and interesting because you know there's one artist you mentioned that had a similar ish sound mm-hmm. but that was that's it there's i mean it when it came out it there's really nothing that sounded like it and now we're getting to this place where um i think there's a lot younger artists that have are coming out that are tying into people like com trues and are using are an influence to them and maybe some of the other strat for guys and some of these other you know artists coming around that are making music that are like that so now there's this sort of like memory bank comes back into the fore of being you know one of the first albums sort of in this genre what do you think about 
this album, like now that it's like almost 10 years coming, not just back in a swing of like it's 10 years, but it's also like the style now is becoming something more widely sought after and reproduced. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that there weren't many people trying to make that kind of sound, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it did kind of happen pretty recently. Um, it's, I don't know, music is music and, um, they happen like in a time, I don't know, you can use a bunch of plugins and like make your music sound like it came from the seventies, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, um, it's all been done before. Right. And so it's, um, really important to add your own individual like take on it right if you have one yeah it's one of those i i heard this quote from rick rubin who said you know basically like there's no exactly what you're saying there's no original music it's all been done before how you as an artist you know do something that could be noticed is that you combine things that haven't been combined before you know we're all sort of remixers style remixers in a sort of way and so you know the great you know if you want to talk about like like a film person like quentin tarantino is a great remixer of ideas smashing Mm -hmm. different things together to create his movies and he commands you know pop culture extremely well and i think same thing with like you take that into music, you know, people that can put things together. And I think you coming from, you know, the guitar background in something that isn't tied culturally to this scene. And I think that's so refreshing because it shows that people can get to like, memory bank, like a album like that without having to have all the same sort of checkered, like you like Blade Runner, you like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Evangelist, you like you know marauder and your john carpenter and you have like these checklists of influences and then you you know put out influenced by those things and oh yeah a blue shift came out like i mean i wrote that song like after uh listening to jean-michel jar on a little bit of a psychedelic experience (laughs) and then i uh just really wanted to make like a like a space journey song you know yeah. and that that funny thing like i've just i always liked that song um the chord progression's weird and i didn't know if it if it worked you know mm-hmm. and still to this day sometimes i listen to it and i'm like does this fucking work i don't know people <laughs> like it though you know yeah yeah, because it's successful in what it what it's doing. You know, it doesn't. I, I hear you talking about chord progressions, and so in the obviously going to school for music, you have a, a command of of music theory. I'm assuming and yeah. song structures and how that works. Um, yeah. Do, do you when you when you were making that music, did you sit down with like? a chord progression in mind and then go, I'm going to go, I'm going to use this instrument or this thing to express it. Or did you find the sound and the tone and then make the song out? A little bit of both. 
Um, well, for some reason, I always start. I always chose to start with the chord progression, and everybody knows those are fucking impossible to come up with if mm-hmm. you're trying to like, f- like find something that sounds like you've never heard before. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna end up choosing a bunch of chords that don't go together, you know? Right. Um. Um. Yeah. Some. Uh, there were a couple times whenever I was, you know, I had just been experimenting with chord progressions for way too long. And I was like, all right, I'm just choosing these three and I got to keep going, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, this, um, the sounds, I mean, like the patches for sure um, helped me like gauge where this is gonna end up going mm-hmm. or how like sustained the chords are like fills up more space than if they're like short and plucky kind of you know right have a lot of delay on them so um yeah yeah there's i mean yeah a little bit of both man yeah i mean it it makes sense. I think, you know, I don't, I don't know that one person it, sorry, it's rare that I find that one person says I start making music the same way every single time. Um, yeah. I know that like some people are more inclined to do it because that's just their discipline of music. The, the way that they learned how to do it. Um, so yeah. that it, it's more maybe of a, a knowledge handicap, especially like people yeah. who Always. don't know music theory as much you know they, they yeah. feel their way through it or they set oh, up yeah. a way and they make they make good shit yeah. too you know mm-hmm. like i don't know um yeah knowledge is a double-edged sword man mm-hmm. i mean i had oh uh, uh for some reason i just kept on thinking like oh well if i just like learn more about it it'll just get easier and i mean that being said it like in a lot of ways it does because now if i have an idea i'm able to execute it quickly but um it doesn't help with um the uh internal conversations of is this the right way to go with this do i want to go somewhere else with this Mm -hmm. like there's infinite directions you can take anything and shit's overwhelming yeah that will fucking lead to paralysis analysis paralysis Mm -hmm. um yeah, that's really it's really good and interesting you know points that you bring up and, and with your background I, it really kind of sounds like in a way that like this album was a time and place where there's all these crossroads for you where these these like special things that happened to make this thing come to real life and then when it it was released and then people are like i really like this and obviously you know like uh, it was successful. And then you're talking about how you felt trapped by making this, this style of music. Was it when you got done with memory bank, were you like, okay, like, like let's just pre- pretend there wasn't any like response to it. Would you have gone and done something different and just uh, yeah. thrown away? Okay. Yeah. Um, for sure. I mean, I've wanted to, I don't know. I wanted to make something that sounded like Mac DeMarco. I've wanted to, I've wanted to do a lot of 
musical ideas. Um, but I don't know the like just that taste of um, that response was um, it. I don't know. Like uh, for a little bit, I was questioning whether or not like I'm cut out for this. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, creating is really like I find so much enjoyment out of creating something from nothing. Um, And I find that I'm happier whenever I don't expect anything to come from it. And um, I can just like let that free, those ideas freely, Mm -hmm. freely flow, you know? I mean, it's, it's really, I'm sad a little bit for you because it just it seems so soul crushing. Um, like you would just create and not really give a shit about what other people thought about it, right? Because like at the end of the day, like, and I'm gonna do another Rick Rubin quote, but you know, like success comes when you feel good enough to release it. I fucking love I love Rick Rubin. I got his book too, and that shit is like so good. Um. Yeah, it was, um, I don't know. Yeah, at the time, it like, I fucking, I, like, no one needs to feel sorry for me. I did all that shit to myself. Right. Um, um, hey, sorry for interrupting. I hope that you're enjoying the episode so far and that when you're done listening to it, that you'll tell us about it. You'll leave a comment. You'll like our page, you'll like the episode post, you'll share it, you repost it, you do all those things. Uh, all that kind of engagement uh, makes a big difference for you know what we do. We want to hear from you. And at the end of the day, it's as much about community engagement as it is about anything else. So all of those things, commenting, liking, sharing, following us, it all matters. We also have a Patreon where you can contribute as much or as little as you want. There is some exclusive content on there, and we will continue to update that. But know that your contribution goes back 100% into the show. I'm not going to ramble on. Kyle and I would just like to say thank you for listening, whether it's your first time or you've caught all the episodes. Thank you. So without further ado, let's get back to the episode. It's a motherfucking paradise I I I don't regret doing that either. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. I had a feeling that I would do that anyway. I don't know. Like I was um, at the time. Like there's this. Uh, James Murphy has this uh, interview thing on YouTube, and he's talking about LCD sound system and how it didn't start till he was like 32. And he was saying about how like he had seen a lot of uh, younger musicians uh, getting a lot of success at a young age before they're like mature enough to handle it. And uh, they kind of fell off because uh, they couldn't handle it, you know? Yeah. And uh, for me, like I had to you know, dig myself in a hole in order to like get out of it. And 
um, I don't know, like in all that, I got a little lost in Buddhism and, um, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, I found a lot of really helpful things in the philosophy, um, but it overall didn't lead me to like move to keep mm -hmm. moving, you know, yeah. I was just kind of complacent and, uh, letting things happen because I don't know. I mean, isn't that like what life is yeah. anyway? Like, aren't we just like, wait, like, isn't life just happening to us? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a, a large extent and kind of like, you know, as I'm, you know, hearing you talk about things uh, around the development of the album and kind of everything, it, it does seem like, you know, in some way it, it happened to you. Um, and then you have, and then the next chapter begins, the next thing happens, the transition of whatever that is. It was a transitory moment, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. You also, though, played live and supported the music a bit, too. Um, yeah. And you had a show recently with Com Truce, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that shit was so wild. I mean, like, um, I mean, even part of me was thinking, like, oh, I'm going to have to listen to all these songs again and, like, get them, like, together. And it seemed like a lot of work, and I was wondering whether or not I like had the energy and like wanted to do it, mm -hmm. but, um, uh, I don't know. How did that uh, come together? My 22 year old self yeah. would never forgive me if I did that. So. <laughs> How did that come together? I mean, it just seemed like, you know, radio silence for so long. And then like, I saw like airflows playing with countries. What the fuck? Yeah, that was, uh, because a friend of mine, uh, works, for the venue that he was coming to and she was like hey calm truth is coming do you want to open for him <laughs> and i was like uh yeah sure <laughs> and like uh i don't know he might come back next year and i might open for him again who knows did you have it apparently been that's uh been said that i might do it again that's awesome did, did you have a chance to the chat with seth yeah i did um he's a great guy he's hilarious mm-hmm um yeah, he's, it, I mean, I had uh, talked to him just about, like, he came and had a show in Oklahoma one time, and I uh, had just asked him, how did he get uh, the kick sound in uh, mm -hmm. VHS sex? And we just, like, talked about gear for a long time. He was really cool then, and uh, that was you know, five or six years ago. And then, yeah, I saw him a couple months ago and I was like, yo, dude, <laughs> you remember me? <laughs> he didn't, but it's all well, good. You know, it, it, you know, yeah, sure. I mean, obviously not. Yeah. You know, it's, it, you know, the dude tours, does tours a lot and sees a lot of people, interacts with a lot of people and, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His, his flight was also like uh, late. So uh, tensions were like high in the, in the venue. They were like, oh, God. I had to like go on a little later and shit, you know? Yeah. But it was fun. Yeah. We took some shots after it. He's a great guy. So how was it then revisiting that material, playing it live, having people react to it again? Um, what did that, did, what was that effect on you? Well, I will say that the patience paid off. Um, I like, you know, I, 
did made those songs so long ago and like at the time uh in my state at least like my group of friends like knew that I did that and they were like supportive but they didn't really know what like know what I was doing I mean I didn't really like talk about it all the time right um and so like you know it's not like they didn't take me seriously or anything but like uh I don't know that night it was just like all of these people that I've known for 10 years are like now seeing like this and they were all so fucking supportive. It was an amazing night. It was beautiful. It was awesome. Yeah. I'm glad, you know, like that's always a, a, a beautiful thing to have people come out and support you, especially people that, you know, friends and family. Um, and you also did shows back in the day with Andrew, didn't you? Yeah, we, yeah, I, uh, went up to San Diego and hung out with them a few times. Uh, there was like, um, in Fresno, I think it was, there was like some, uh, uh, it was like a festival thing. Uh, it was, I played on a roof. It was also such a tight night. That shit was fun. As well. <laughs> Have you... So you you know you had that experience with with uh, Seth obviously have you th- what has it been to your current mental state with with music has that kicked loose any sort of desire to play live or create you know creatively at all yeah it has um, well I want to change my name yeah, absolutely I, I I I haven't liked the name kind of ever um, I. Uh, had the name just because well whenever i was like me and my roommates put out like that tape i just had to come up with a name really quick so i just chose it uh and for some reason i just held on to it whenever i was posting things on a soundcloud um well not at the time i didn't hate it but you know uh um i definitely want to continue on this path um and um, like for some reason it feels like maybe getting a new name offers more, uh, freedom, yeah. you know, more leeway into like, um, you don't know me yet. Right. <laughs> kind of like, it's like, well, but yeah. then again, I mean, that's silly because if people like my music, then they should be supportive of my decisions into making it mm-hmm. right. <laughs> it's a really, it's, it's such an interesting thing you bring up. Cause I've, I've, I struggle with this myself, like the same kind of idea. Um, cause you sort of build a following and you release thing in, under a, a moniker or a name. And then, you know, when you start to want to do different things or explore different ideas, it could feel like you're trapped because you feel like, and it, again, I think from my pers- just me personally, it's like, it's a self pressure, right? I'm, I, yeah. I'm the one saying, well, people expect me to do X, Y, Z. I, like I, yeah. I have to stay within this thing. Otherwise, you know, what am I? But then if I'm starting all over again, then what, you know, it's the same kind of the thing. And like what you're saying, if, if people, if people like, what you do um then it shouldn't really necessarily matter how you you frame it you know like neon indian it's just now alan paloma right like he got rid of the moniker 
and George Clinton, yeah, too, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, like, hey, all that makes sense. Like in some ways, that makes complete sense because it's just it's them. Um, and and you're not the, right. the first person that's that I've talked to who's like really thought about like I want to do something different, like this. Yeah. Other, it's like a mental closing of a book if you will like this name represents this thing and i am now different and i want a different thing for what i'm going to do yeah and it's not even necessarily about other people at that point it's really just like helps you frame going forward what you want to do yeah for sure yeah and i don't know at the time i um hadn't done like the work on myself. Like mm -hmm. I hadn't really like learned to like love myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I couldn't understand how anybody could ever love me. So obviously like I went to the root of like, well, I'm a person who creates something. So like, that's why people like me. And if what I make is garbage, then like, I don't like what is the point in like um like what am I good for, you mm -hmm. know? But um that was because I was like living in my room working like 10 hours a day trying to just like write something and I wasn't experiencing life. I didn't go walk to the coffee shop ever you know mm -hmm. i just drank two large 7-eleven coffees all day you know like uh never really left my room didn't experience much of anything um but then a few years later like i found like a cool group of friends that just liked me for me and like told me that like yo you don't like we just like you because you're you <laughs> you don't have to do anything you know yeah. which is um to me that was the most freeing part because i was able to like take a step back and not be so close to like what i do the whole like what i do is what i am thing mm -hmm. like fucking tore me apart you know yeah like at the end of the day, I'm just like a guy who likes to create shit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes total sense. And it sounds like, has that helped you relieve some of that pressure of like being able to be creative? Do you feel like, are, like are you writing again or are you getting to that point? Like, where are you at currently? Yeah. Um, well, okay. So, that in that area yes it absolutely did um it doesn't necessarily help with the workflow though <laughs> <laughs> and um now i'm more i mean i like for the past few years i've been uh really focusing on like building synthesizers you know mm -hmm. um the all the schematics are like online for free and you can just fucking trace them yourself and you get like five PCBs for like $4. And, um, I just want like a wall of opportunity or like, you know, options. But, um, 
I understand that uh, more tools does not make it easier. <laughs> right. But that being said, um, I am trying to, I don't, I can't do it on a computer anymore. I need like, like a MIDI sequencer. I need like there to be like a brain to things that um, happens th like in a time, like not like, I don't know, writing music in Logic or in Ableton is like so hard for me to do now because mm -hmm. it doesn't happen in the moment and you're like, every step of the way you're thinking, how is this going to sound with all the things that I added onto it, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, you're thinking about the future, like music happens like right now it's happening right now. Mm -hmm. That's all that, you know? And, um, the more synthesizers I have, I'm trying to build a drum machine as well. And, um, if I can just get that shit going, then like the music's going to come for sure. You know, mm -hmm. it's, I love making it and I love like when it's flowing but yeah, workflow for me is um, really important for me to not like overthink, yeah. overanalyze, you know? I have a friend who, you know, writes a lot of music and is fairly prolific. And, you know, when, he, when I ask him or someone asks him, how do you write so much music? His answer always comes down to workflow. Manage your workflow. Yeah. If you sit down and set yourself up for success and you do the thing you will you yeah. it will come fuck yeah patience man i mean yeah and and like uh magic dude that shit is magical and like if you can make your room a magical environment then it's gonna come you know it has to mm -hmm. i mean it's exciting i mean i think you know it's it's such a interesting place for you now we've got a a thing an anniversary of a thing that represents a very specific time in life for you and but you're also in this new frame of life and existence and opportunities and creativity um and i think that's that's a really cool place to be you know like yeah i agree yeah you know, having something unique be appreciated you know i i'm no I won't confirm, but I know that, you know, there's talk about repressing um, memory bank onto vinyl again. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that's exciting and that's great. What a, you know, that there'll be the third because you had a, a curates or crates run yep. Stratford and then possibly another one like, you know, and having it be sought after and respected in that way and then also just being like you know you're doing your you're doing your stuff now and like making machines making synthesizers that is that's such a wild leap oh, for yeah, me dude. like i um i i don't know through the year through those years of like endlessly trying to like create something um probably like i don't know like went through a couple ego deaths and um they were great for me. I no longer feel the need to like do things because of other people. Now I just want to do things for other people. And I want to make instruments that make it easier for people to make music. I mean, like that's like now where I'm more focused at is like um, the technique that whole technical side of things i mean in a lot of 
areas, you know, like, um, I know that I would be happy for the rest of my life, just trying to figure out like how this one line of code works or something, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But going to like um, the, 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 the building of synthesizers, it brings it to a, a more of a feeling in the moment tactile thing and less of a logical coding uh, forward right. thinking thing and I, right. i've noticed that progress a lot from folk who you know they get into um making electronic music in the box because that's the cheapest way to get started obviously sure. and then as they progress they go out and they get these pieces of hardware and then it the it just changes them oh yeah i mean that shit is um I mean, there, yeah, there's no right or wrong way at all. It's mostly just um, for, it's like, these are all tools to like make shit happen. And if one of them isn't making anything happen, then like, try something else, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, going, um, going back to what, you know, like the, the earlier thing of like, synthesizers are a, 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 thing of infinite possibilities and when you are tuned into that and you make it less about being maybe scared of the knobs and the stuff and then tune into your own creativity with that you become one with it oh yeah dude um yeah and experimenting leads to knowledge you know you can understand this thing eventually if you just keep fucking twiddling those knobs mm -hmm. you know like, um, it's important to do it because it's fucking fun and not because it's like going to lead to anything, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it should be fun. And that's why I ended up, I mean, I don't know, like after that, like, you know, in the years I fucking definitely stopped enjoying like not only making music, but just fucking listening to it. Like every, like I couldn't listen to music anymore. Cause it was like, I didn't know how to, I was like, whenever I was listening to music, I was like listening to it way too hard and like trying to like see what they were doing with it or what those, what that chord progression was or what drums those are, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, um, viewing it as, like an engineer, like a producer, as opposed to like a musician or just a lover of music. And that's what is very hard about making music alone on your computer is you are both the producer and the musician. Right. Very difficult. Yeah. I can, I could definitely appreciate that. Um, that writer's block and it, it's, the difficulty i should say not writer's block because you can have all the ideas in the world but you know like when you're being two things at once how that could be really difficult to overcome and how like having to blow apart the way you think about and the way you interact with music has to change in order to get back into a whole place yeah. to be able to create yeah i had to I mean, I had to take a break, man. I mean, um, I had to. If I had kept on doing that, I would have, like, it felt like my brain was going to explode. Like, I 
I mean, I don't know. Definition of insanity, right? Is like doing something over and over, expecting a different like you know outcome. Mm-hmm. Like if that's if that's true, then I was fucking insane for like three years because I was like doing. I was doing the same. I mean, I was just like maybe going to the exact same chords, maybe going to the same sounds, patches, drums, fucking all in the same tempo, you know, like expecting it to just work. And um, I mean, a lot of times they probably did work and I was just like too impatient to see it through because I was, you know, not well at the time, I guess, you know? Yeah. And I, one of the things that I admire about you, and it it makes total sense having now chatted with you, is your lack of presence on social media. To not have that burden, if you will, um, like I got mad respect for. Um, did you have a social media thing at some point in time for Airglow and then got rid of it? Or did you just never start? I never started. Um, That's my Instagram is my personal Instagram. Right. Um, That's the only social media that I would have, that I would go to is Instagram. I mean, fucking Twitter. No one gives a shit about what I have to say. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But um, uh, yeah, I, well, okay. So I don't know if there's a lot to admire. You said that you admired that. I don't know. Like, um, that would, that mostly just came from like social anxiety. It wasn't really like a statement <laughs> against anything, you know? Um, I mean, that being said, I do have my own thoughts on like what that shit does and mm-hmm. instant gratification is like not helping anybody. No. And, um, sometimes you don't, people don't need to know every fucking thing about you. And sometimes it's nice to like, finish something before you quote unquote release it and like the whole sharing your work in progress thing I had a really hard time doing yeah you know I mean that can like force you into like releasing something for sure and maybe that's part of um like like the pressure that comes from like deadlines that aren't the deadlines that you set for yourself, um, I believe leads to mediocrity. And um, I had a real hard time with that. I mean, like after the whole music thing, I started, uh, I mean, always been really interested in like visual art and like making music videos. And um, eventually I found myself in the same whole the workaholism Mm -hmm. perfectionism like thing um and i found myself caring as much about this than i do than i did with music Mm -hmm. in a cutthroat industry like that like it's like hard to stay afloat like if you're like prone to caring about what you do you know Mm -hmm. like um Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I think, you know, in a way, maybe unconsciously, you protected yourself. Um, oh, yeah. You know, like For maybe sure. not necessarily having a, like a like a, a mission statement of like, I'm not going to do this at all because I don't want to. But like just the, the instinct 
to stay away. And, you know, because like, yeah, yeah. It's the opposite of an accountability, like having an accountability buddy, like, dude, like scares the shit out of me, dude. <laughs> you know, because like, I like this to take my time. Because, um, you know, like 10 years ago, you know, we, is a much more innocent time, right? Uh, things weren't, it was more almost yeah. like a curiosity. Like we were all figuring it out and, and like, what could it be? And all these kind of exciting little avenues and you can find, you know, before everything became commoditized and bought out and, and algorithms that basically, you know, support addiction essentially. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, and it's just like a nope, you know, like, and there used to be great things, you know, SoundCloud used to be a really great platform Fuck yeah. Um, to share ideas in a safe space and have interactions. And before that, it was, you know, my space in the early aughts. Um, I remember oh, really yeah. using... These things aren't inherently bad, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, um, sometimes, I mean, it's just really important for every individual to, like, emotionally check themselves. <laughs> yeah. And, like, realize, like, oh, maybe I just by me doing this all the time, like I'm hurting me and by me hurting me, I'm hurting others, yeah. you know, like the ones around me that love me and don't think that I need to fucking feel like a piece of shit or whatever. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And the whole, like, I don't know. I know like a lot of artists have the thing where it's like paint, like a painting every day for 30 days it's like are you fucking kidding me dude like how do you do that why would you even do that like <laughs> i mean if it's for the likes that's fine i don't know like if it's like if you're just trying to get an ego boost there's nothing wrong with that until you start diluting mm -hmm. yourself you know and like it's good to know like what your fucking intentions are mm -hmm. with this thing that is important you know yeah like it's not to be taken lightly because yeah. shit fucking matters yeah i i i personally have a, a struggle with it where um because i i think in a way like setting up minor confines to yourself of like letting go right like it's so easy to like yeah. stick in on an idea forever and then you you're paralyzed where like if you set up like an exercise, like a pretense to say, I'm going to do a painting every day and then it's done. And you, in that, that ability to let it go, right. You let that, that thing go, that idea right. go, and then you're done. That is a total, like, Hey, I can respect that. But like, you, Oh yeah. The yeah. Pursuit oh, no. of, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, for sure. I, um, the pursue of what you're saying, the pursuit of likes or other people's approval yeah, or yeah. Totally. those like, and that's, I don't know. I just, I feel old. Cause like the idea that you only exist to as other people's entertainment, if you will, yeah. and not even like stimulation, like art, I think, you know, music and art. And, and especially with like going back to memory bank, like it's a, a piece of, of art that, that can sustain you, that you can really get into and, and emotionally connect with, as opposed to being entertained by. And I think those are very different right. things being entertained. Two totally different things. And like one of them is like coming from a place, a source of like, um, 
introspection and the other is coming from like exuding that you know and like getting it out um that's why the world needs entertainers i mean you know Mm -hmm. like in fucking i don't know man david byrne does it like he's right in that fucking middle Mm -hmm. and he is like a legend because he's both mm-hmm. and he's just beautiful you know? and that's rare you know the the uh, someone the ability to to straddle both lines um is exceedingly rare you know you think like david bowie or you know there's a lot of people that totally. almost have two sides to them that they're they're both yeah. incredibly intelligent and strategic but also incredibly emotionally present and creative and to be able to use those things in the right combination to present art in a way that is both deeply personal impactful but also entertaining like that's absolutely crazy gift i mean i i've often um well whenever i had that show a couple months ago um i mean there was a lot of people there it was a big show um and i like afterwards i mean like during the set i was like zoned in and i didn't look up and i didn't see anything Mm -hmm. and then afterwards like it all came like flooding in all at once it was pretty intense and um i was thinking like oh dude next time i like i mean like i want somebody else on stage with me if it's just one other person you know Mm -hmm. like i can't like take all that at once because that's um it's a lot you know i'm not like i don't know maybe it's not like uh my personality or something no i mean it, it's all valid you know you you the how it affects you in the way that it does and what you want to do with it it's all and that's you get to do that you get to have those decisions and that's you know um i've seen some people that i work with here where they'll have another person on stage with them that does like live um visuals so they'll yeah, yeah. they'll sort of perform with the music with, with them. them on yeah. stage as a yeah. um another performance if you will within a performance yeah to create one co- cohesive like experience yeah um yeah i don't know uh after i got done with the whole or like you know hung up my hat as they say for fucking the music thing which i didn't really nobody worry i'm fucking got shit plan <laughs> but um uh i turned to visual art and like um live like you know like uh video synthesizers and using like an instrument like to create visuals and that shit's fucking awesome it sounds know? like you know whatever this next phase for you ends up being um that you have multiple ways to express yourself at this point to you know put something out there that is going to be really interesting and at the end of the day it's got to be interesting for you most mostly but that to me seems like a very exciting prospect of what the next it it is i'm i'm a little scared of leaving people behind though i want the people who like who felt anything from anything that i've made to like come on this fucking journey with me, you know, like I really appreciate anybody who um, has been moved by anything I've ever done, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, you know, that's a, that's a thing. That's where social media could come in handy for me. I could let my, you know, I used to think really kind of like, 
when I was younger, like I don't like this album and I'd get kind of upset, like because a, a, a band releases an album that I don't like in the moment and yep. I don't understand. But what mm-hmm. I realized is like I was not in the emotional state or the maturity level to understand what that person was saying. Like, you know, as yeah. artists move and develop, they release things that are in their current yeah. state. And sometimes that hits people exactly in the right spot. And like, it's a time and oh, yeah. a moment. It could be societal I mean, Mod- or it could Mouse be very personal. Like, and then, but as I've gotten uh, older and kind of revisited albums from artists that maybe like I wasn't hot on 10, 15, 20 years ago. Now I'm like, this is my most favorite. Um, like example for right. me is like, I didn't really like the fragile when it came out. Um, I didn't understand. I was just in a completely different space. And as I got uh-huh. older, I've come back to appreciate that album so much. Oh, um, yeah. And that wasn't, you. it wasn't a bad album. Wasn't a, a, you know, I think it just, it wasn't for me in that moment. And I think w- when you release music, it's like, yeah, some people aren't going to vibe with it because maybe they're just not in that spot of when you release totally, the other dude. stuff and that's Okay it'll come back and clearly like memory bank is released and people are discovering it and they're coming back to it. People still resonate with it. And I think if you release the music that is truest to you and your intent and who you are, then, you know, people are going to keep coming along because it's still you doing the thing that is the reason why people are there. Fuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, well, I, I remember, I mean, dude, high, in high school, like, Modest Mouse, my favorite band of all fucking time. Yeah. Obviously, like, so teenage angst, you know, mm-hmm. and fucking anger and the sadness was so much on my level. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Um, <clears throat> and then, like, We Were Dead before the ship even saying came out, and they got Johnny Marr playing guitar yeah. and, like, changed the whole sound, and I was like, all right, like. They fucking betrayed me, (laughs) you know, and it's, it was just like, oh no, I only like, I mean, at that time I only liked the really sad angsty music because I was sad and angsty. Like it, like it didn't mean anything to Isaac Brock. Like it meant everything to me, Mm -hmm. you know, like it had nothing to do with him. It had everything to do with me, you know, and Maybe he started making like happier music because he was no longer a teenage teenager in angst, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, occupying people, people grow, you know? When you in some of those spaces, you can only occupy them for so long. Um, they're just because they're, I think, could be really bad and cancerous, you know? And sure. moments of melancholy yeah. in life happen and tragedy happens to people. But, you know, we, I don't think we're meant to permanently live in that state. No. No, I mean, dude, especially like, well, okay. Whenever I was like, I mean, in doing the whole fucking mental fucking gymnastics, man, like I was thinking like, do I even want to get better? Like if I got better, I lose my edge. And maybe like, that's the only thing that I had going for me is like the pain that I have makes me write music that can move people Mm -hmm. or something. As opposed to like me being like, mentally on top of myself knowing that oh i still remember what it feels like to feel that way i'm gonna write a beautiful song about mm-hmm. it you know yeah it's so different than just like uh being like such a um like 
a feeler, man. Like mm -hmm. you feel shit in your body and it feels like it's everything, you know? Absolutely. So we're, we're a good way in. Is there anything that we should cover? Anything that you want to talk about before we wrap up and, and bring it all together? Um, I would like to give my support out there to all those people who are trying their hearts out, trying to make something, and let them know that patience is fucking everything, and do things that you love, be humble, and be kind. Very wise words. Well, thank you, John. I really appreciate it. Till next time, this is Eric. Thank you, John. Thank you.